Welcome to Cornerstone Apostolic Church. Thank you this evening for joining in with us. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live inside the pages. Again, uh, we just thank God because, you know, we're past that thinking of an ordinary, but thinking about the extraordinary because God is sovereign. He is an extraordinary God and just love him. You know, we ought to just tell the Lord that we love him this evening. You know, if you haven't told him throughout the day, if, if you know, you ought to just tell him right now, Lord, I love you. Lord, I appreciate you. I magnify you, Lord God, for who you are. Lord, you just for who you are and for what you have done for me. Thank you. Thank you for revealing yourself to me. That's enough right there. Just because he has revealed himself unto us. Amen. You know, our, our Bible class begins on Tuesdays at 7 p.m. And on Sunday, our Sunday worship begins at 8 a.m. And so we thank God for opportunity to stand in the um, in listening in the sound that is being carried into your ears. An opportunity for those that are uh, listening nearby and those that are far certainly thank and praise God for his greatness. And so um, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Now, I want to put a distinction there because many believe the Bible is the word of God, but they're not faithful unto the Lord. If you really believe the Bible is the word of God, you believe what God is saying, then you want to be faithful unto him. You know, the devil believes in one God and trembles. He has more than what uh, many have uh, going on, even though he's a devil. Uh, he believes in God. He believes in one God and he trembles. He's afraid. He knows for true that uh, God is sovereign, that he is the only one. Uh, he wanted to be like the most high, uh, but he was an angelic being. He'll never be like the most high. And so uh, we believe the word of God. Uh, and therefore, we're faithful, we're bold, the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And everything that, uh, that opposes God is, uh, you know, there are many things in this world that opposes God. And so uh, if it opposes God, then it's opposing you. And so we're going to walk in obedience to God's word in Jesus' name. For archive message of the or the message archive, visit connectingtruth.org and click God on Demand. And it will take you to the archive of messages uh, from the teaching and exhortations and the preaching that has gone on uh, here at Cornerstone. And so uh, our purpose is to just lift Jesus higher and to exalt him, to pull down every stronghold, everything that would work against our mind, you know, uh, it's a it's a battle. We're on the battlefield uh, for those that that uh, we're on the battlefield. Just want you to know this is the war of the anointed. And, and so uh, when the enemy would have you to get into a state of mind and not recognize that this is an, a war of the anointed. And so uh, that's uh, as long as you're thinking differently, you won't fight the battle that you should be fighting. And so to pull down every stronghold and, and every weight and every sin and everything that would separate us against from God, every that would cause us to have excuses, to justify our actions, 
you know, those are weights, those are sins that would uh, so easily set us apart from God. And so we're, we're tearing those things down uh, bit by bit. And, uh, you know, every day it's another day's journey. And, you know, the, they used to sing a song, it's another day's journey, and I'm glad about it. I'm glad it's another day's journey because it's another day that I can strive to overcome and, to, and you can strive to overcome and to get the victory. We're fasting and praying continually and want to encourage you to join in with us, to consecrate unto the Lord and to set aside a day uh, in the week for fasting, a day in the week for prayer, you know, and uh, you want, it's all about saving souls and deliverance and that may be your own deliverance. And so some things, the Bible says that some things come with prayer and fasting. And so it's necessary uh, to make that sacrifice. You know, the difference from being good, you know, I, I ask people sometimes, how are you doing? They say, I'm good, uh, you know, but there's a difference in good and great. Uh, good is that you, you're meeting the minimal criteria, but when you get into great, uh, that requires some sacrifice. It required going through something. It required dealing with criticism. It required stretching those muscles. It required mental uh, strengthening. It required emotional strengthening and it required spiritual strengthening. And so uh, it requires a sacrifice in order to achieve that. Are you willing to make a sacrifice? Uh, God made a sacrifice from the foundation of the world. Uh, the Bible said that it had been a lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. You know, I was thinking the other day, and uh, we're going to go into the word of God, but I, I was just thinking, and you know, it's by the grace of God, you know, that, that we receive certain thoughts in our minds. And I was just thinking about how great God's word is, and uh, his word has always been there. The Bible said, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. You know, and then we came into existence and uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And, and, and in that, you know, you understand that man was created, but the word of God was pre-existing. And, and so, you know, we just God is just so awesome to to share his word with us and to bring us into a state of being uh, and uh, and express his extension or intentions in our lives. Now, all we have to do is be open open to what God is saying and what God is doing. And so I want to thank those that are supporting the house of God. You know, I like to refer sometimes to the tabernacle of witness because we're a witness of what God is doing, what he is able to do, what he is going to do. God is so great. And so uh, those that are uh, blessing, uh, offering and tithing to help uh, you know, those are the things that help meet the expenses of the church. We have expenses. Uh, every uh, edifice has expenses. Uh, you know, you go to a beautiful sanctuary. Uh, the Lord has blessed us to be in a, a beautiful edifice. And, uh, you know, it requires something. It requires maintenance. It requires. And so those that help and uh, through your benevolence, we appreciate that. Uh, and so uh, I want to offer a prayer uh, again uh, to bless you. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we just want to bless those that have given, those that are supporting the ministry, Lord God, ask that you would bless them, open up avenues, Lord, that they don't even know about, that they're not aware of, just lead them uh, down the path, Lord God, uh, 
you know, and open up that avenue for them to walk through it, give them the strength and the courage to walk through it, Lord God. And when you open up a door, Lord God, that, that they've been asking for, Lord God, we know that you know how to deal with amazement, and Lord God, and we just anticipate. We expect you to be uh, our, our, to guide us and to bless us, oh Lord God, in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, we just want to acknowledge you and acknowledge, Lord God, uh, those that are supporting ministry, Lord God, and ask that you would bless them in Jesus' name, amen. We're yet in the book of Ezekiel, and we're, we're traveling through this book, and we're going to be here for until we reach the blessing that God is uh, preparing us for. You know, uh, a blessing, uh, preparation precedes the blessing. And so anytime you ask for a blessing, you want to prepare to receive it. And so don't just ask for it and then don't prepare. Prepare for it. Make room for it. Do what it takes to uh, so that when the blessing comes, it can occupy the space that it was intended for. The 23rd chapter of Ezekiel, verse 11, 21, it says, And when her sister, Aholabah, saw this, she was more corrupt in her inordinate love than she, Aholabah, she was the sister of Aholabah, was the sister of Ahola. And so, uh, when she saw and what she made her observation, she was more corrupt in her inordinate love than her sister and in her whoredom more than her sister. And so the Bible says that she doted upon the Assyrians, her neighbors, captains and rulers clothed most gorgeously, horsemen riding upon horses, all of them desirable young men. And so uh, she became, you know, uh, doted is another word for being extra. She became extra. You know, uh, you see it in the movies where uh, a gentleman might be with a young lady or it might be reverse. It might be a, a young lady uh, with, a, with a young man and they see somebody and they become extra. They start batting their eyes. They start making gestures to get the other person's attention. And so that's what she did. She became extra. Uh, she became silly. She became feeble-minded. She lost control of her, her mental senses of responsibility and blind to any faults that the other person may have, the Assyrians, her neighbors, and the captains, and the rulers, and uh, those that she saw clothed gorgeously uh, you know, riding their uh, nice horses, their, you know, nice vehicles. Maybe they were driving a 500 and as, as they rolled up, you know, and uh, as the window rolled down, it even had its own groove to it. And, and so, but they lost responsibility uh, of what uh, was true and didn't look at the faults uh, that existed. You know, there are things that, that are glamorous that uh, yet has fault to it. And because you see the shine, uh, you ignore the faults. That's a conversation that we'll, we, we can dive into another time. And actually, if you go back and you're listening to some of the uh, earlier teachings uh, of Ezekiel, 
uh, you'll find that uh, we did deal with that area of fault and magnificent, that area of fault and beauty, that area of fault and what makes the jewel so great um, that uh, makes it priceless is because of some of the areas and, and things that I'm, I'm not going to deal with this evening, but you know, it's in the teaching. And so therefore, when we, let me I put it, let me just put this uh, there in that place to end it, is that God's crown has a special place for you that no one else can feel. There is a place, uh, a, a mounting in the jewel, you know, in the jewelry, the jewelry industry, you know, you put the jewel in the, in the mount and nothing, it was made particularly for that, that piece of jewelry. And so you are particular unto God and can, no one can fill your space, but you. So you want to be available. You want to be there to fill that space. And so the Bible said, then I saw the 13th verse, then I saw that she was defiled that they both, uh, they took both one way. In other words, they snuck off together. And that she increased her whoredom. For when she saw men portrayed upon the wall, the images of the Chaldeans portrayed with vermilion. Now, vermilion is a deep red uh, coloring, you know, which in some instances represent love, it represents marriage. It represents religion, but what it's made from in itself is very toxic. And so like mercury, it is very toxic. So you have something, an element here that can help you live or can kill you. And so it's just how it's being used. And, you know, we want to use what God has given us the right way. However, Aholabob was not using it correctly. And so girded with girdles upon their loins. She's making an observation of these of the Assyrians and uh, seeing what they exceedingly and died attire upon their heads, all of them princes to look to after the manner of the Babylonian of Chaldeans and the land of their nativity. And as soon as she saw them with her eyes, she doted, listen to that, she became extra, she became silly, uh, you know, blind of any faults that existed and, and sent messengers. She passed along, had some notes passed along to them that she had seen, uh, you know, and she sent emails and text messages and sex messages, uh, you know, and uh, reached out to them uh, to get their attention. And the Babylonians came to her into the bed of love and they defiled her with their whoredom and she was polluted with them and her mind was alienated something went on inside of her and she was alienated from them uh, something happens and it's not talked about often but people that commit adultery and do certain acts against the will of god uh something goes on within them and they sometimes people never return to being the same as they were. Uh, they might look normal. They may be acting normal. They're functioning a certain way. But there's something going on within the spirit of the individual uh, that God has to deliver them from. And so uh, God is in a delivering business, and you have to want to be delivered as well. 
And so the Bible says, and her mind was alienated from them. Uh, there was a separation, an isolation, something that turned, uh, that turned uh, and triggered uh, some damage. And so, the, and so the Bible goes on to say, yet she multiplied in her whoredom. So she delivered her whoredom and delivered her nakedness. Then her mind was alienated from her, like as my mind was alienated from her sister. God himself uh, alienated, he separated his mind. And, and you know, that's something that a conversation that people don't like to talk about. You know, God is love. He is love. And, and that justifies him separating himself from that which is not love, that which is unloving that which has turned itself against him and so but god is very patient and that's what we're reading about we're reading about a lot abundance of patience abundance of grace abundance of mercy when we read uh, uh through the book of ezekiel as we have traveled through it to to understand in the preparation for this blessing god is pouring out a lot of love uh, but at the same time, we come to understanding that uh, I believe it's about the 19th chapter or the 16th chapter. You, you know, you can go back and as God describes how uh, he saw uh, her polluted, Israel polluted in her own blood, messed up. No one was salting her. No one was oiling her. No one was bathing her. No one was keeping her clean. No one was doing anything for her. And he picked her up, saw her polluted and, and, and cleaned her, set her up you know, and gave her the best, took care of her, watched her blossom only for her to turn around and to commit whoredom with other nations. And so uh, he's reiterating this and, and pointing this out of what she is doing and how she is doing this, that he is taking it. She, that the Israel uh, represented here, has taken what God has given and what actually belongs to him and given it to someone else. And so the Bible goes on to say, for she was doted upon their uh, par mar. In other words, a, a lover, especially illicit partner, one that is married, someone that already belongs to someone else. And, but yet it now is having an affair with someone that belongs to someone else. Uh, you know, uh, we see it, we read, see it in the movies. There are novels after novels that illustrate this, you know, and some have experienced it as well. Uh, but uh, God is speaking about this to bring about a point and to bring about a, a message of reconciliation, a message that is supposed to stir the mind up and cause us to look at, you know, unless our actions is exposed, even within our own consciousness, we will continue down a path of destruction. The 21st verse says, uh, the 20th verse says, and she doted upon them, uh, those that was already married, a solicited part, illicit partner of, uh, that was already married to someone else whose flesh is as the flesh of asses and whose issue is like the issue of horses. Thus thou callest to remembrance the lewdness of thy youth in bruising thy teats by the Egyptians for the paps of thy use. And so uh, the Lord points out that when she looked and saw others, even though she was espoused 
even though engaged unto the Lord, when she saw others, she began to shake it like a salt shaker. And she began to show it off. And, to, you know, didn't nobody even have to ask her to pass the salt. She willingly was doing it, as the scripture said, uh, that she sent messengers and, you know, she passed notes and sent emails and texts and, you know, text messages in their own way. They were messaging others, you know, to come over, come get with me. You know, I'll come get with you. We'll go down this way. We'll hide over here. Uh, you know, we'll go to the secret place. And so God is exposing those things as he does even today. God exposes those things in dreams. Uh, he exposes those things in visions. Uh, he'll give a leader, let the leader know what's going on. And, you know, I, I found myself, I was, I was praying in prayer and I was beginning to pray for an individual. And I found that I had begun to pray for something that uh, they don't know as much awareness that I have about. Uh, and so, uh, because God is concerned. And so the shepherd, God reveals things to the shepherd through dreams. Like Ezekiel, Ezekiel saw open vision. Ezekiel was woken up from sleep. Ezekiel was saw uh, things during the daytime and nighttime, as well as the word of God speaking to him. And God does the same thing with his leaders even today. Last Tuesday, we talked about God's investment, how God has invested in you. You know, as we talked about uh, a whole about sister, a whole of uh, that uh, God had invested in her. Uh, he invested in Aholabah. And so God has invested in you. You know, when a man wants someone, when he wants a woman, uh, someone that he wants to marry that is available, uh, not as someone that's married to someone else already, but someone that is single and available, he would take uh, uh, money uh, to that uh, family, to the father, to, to let them know uh, that he is capable. And, and the Bible says in Deuteronomy 22, 28 through 29, it say, lay, uh, lay hold on a virgin who is not betrothed to another man and know her, but afterwards pay her father a sum of money. In other words, show, uh, bring and show that you're capable. This is a sign uh, that the man could and will and willing take care of the daughter. I expect that uh, if someone wants to marry, and I think you should have the same expectation too, uh, you know, that, that the gentleman will talk to the father. If the father's there, if the father is not present, talk to the mother, uh, but uh, show that there is a willingness and respect that I'm going to take care of your daughter. And when you ask how, Will you take care of my daughter? How are you going? What are you going to do? They have every right to know uh, that she's going to be comfortable. Every right to know that that she's going to be well taken care of. And, you know, and in, uh, in this day and time, it, it requires you know, multiple working together to make ends meet in, in many instances. And that's all right. As long as you're working together, if this was a sign that the man could and would take care of the daughter. And gentlemen, likewise, the women are supposed to be uh, loyal, uh, supposed to be loyal, uh, not uh, not like the Chris Brown. These girls ain't loyal, but loyal, They'll be loyal for unto they partner and, you know, and practice good business sense with the monies and make wise investment, not running up all the credit cards. And uh, as Holabob was doing, buying gifts for others other men. She's in spouse to someone else, but she's buying gifts, uh, colognes and merch and different things for other guys to give them 
the Lord exposed that earlier in the few verses that we had read in the beginning that towards the first verse of the same chapter of how the sister was buying gifts. She was paying them. Instead of them paying her, uh, she was paying them. And, and so uh, God has not only presented his bride with gifts, but the ability to maintain and present and to present a greater benevolence. Uh, God has something that is greater that he has extended unto those that, uh, unto his bride. And so we're waiting patiently, you know, with our light, Lord, our lamps trim. We're waiting patiently for the bridegroom to come because there's going to be a marriage that is going to happen soon. Now, let me say this, uh, whether God calls you individually or he calls us collectively, you want to be ready. That you want to be a bride that is waiting with your garment uh, that without spot or wrinkle. And you, while you're waiting, you don't want to waste no popcorn and get some butter on your garment, you know, so don't be foolish. And, you know, then running around, you're trying to get it clean and stuff. Uh, no, you don't come near with me. Don't come near me with no butter popcorn. Don't come near me with no grape juice. Don't come near me with anything. No, stay over there because I want to keep my garment clean. It takes time to get prepared and it only takes a moment to mess it up. Let me say that again. It takes time to get prepared, to get it right. And it doesn't take long to mess it up. The Bible said for a moment of sin, man will miss out of, on eternal life for a moment of pleasure. For that instant, you better run like Joseph and say, no, 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 not today. We're not doing that. Uh, we're not, we not doing that. We ain't going there. You know, so you better run for your life. And so the Bible uh, goes on to, to let us know how God feels about it. We have to pay attention to how God feels. God has feelings. You have feelings. I have feelings. God has feelings. You can hear, God can hear. You can see, God can see. You talk, God talk. God has hands. God has, God moves about. He goes to and fro through the earth, beholding the good and the evil. So what is God saying about you? And, and so the Bible, listen, the Bible, God has, has presented his bride with a gift. God has written it in his word. There are gifts that God has established for now, and there are gifts that are yet to be presented. And I know that, that if you're like me, you're anxious, you're excited uh, to be and, and looking forward to receiving the, what God has for you. And, and so that's why we have to do it patiently, one day at a time, knowing that, that you know, we, it's not a sprint, but a marathon. We got to pace ourselves every day. We got to get up and we have to make wise decisions and, and you know, and, and ask God to forgive us for the bad decisions that we've made and not go back to doing those things. You remember on Sunday said that the Lord healed. He sent his word to heal us and deliver us. And he told the man that was found in the synagogue, said, look, you've been made whole. Go and sin no more. And, and so when we consider those things, uh, the Bible says Aholabah saw that her sister actions and end results uh, what they were, but yet chose to follow those same steps and to act out even more than her sister. Aholabah name means tent, my tent, my tabernacle, in her, or my dwelling place. 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20 says, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? Remember Syria, God referred to them as being hardly. He didn't say that they were just. God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to the harlot is one body? 
For two said, he shall be one flesh. The Lord said they shall be one. Look, the Lord spoke this in the beginning. Said that, you know, and I'm paraphrasing this, but you know, the two, the man find a wife and leave the mother and father. You're supposed to dwell as one. You're supposed to be as one. And not one with the person that you're committing sin, with the person that you're committing whoredom with. Uh, you're not supposed to. Uh, what has happened is that, and uh, let me let me mention this here. Uh, what has happened is that the enemy has taken and caused people to take that which God has established as being holy and made it unholy. That which is established to be a principle and a uniting. Uh, oh my God! Thank you, Jesus. When you unite with someone and you become one, God is able to deal with that oneness and it sets up a union. It sets up a power structure. It sets up something that God is able to work with. In other words, let me put let me simplify it by saying it like this. You become one thought. You think one way and your spouse thinks the same way. You, uh, it doesn't mean that you're not individuals. What I'm saying is that there is an agreement that you come into. There is something that is supernatural, that is spiritually, that happens when there is the proper union of two becoming as one. You go to the store, pick up a loaf of bread. They walk through the door with bread and eggs too. You go to the store to pick up some milk and they walk through the door with the same thing. Some milk, eggs and bread as well, because they're, they see the same, they see the same thing. You go to sleep and have a dream. They have the same dream. You wake up and ready to tell about the dream. And before you can finish it, they had already started talking about it. God, oh, bless your name, Jesus. God comes in the room. I'm talking about those that are righteous. God comes in the room and presents himself in the room where there's holy matrimony. And in that instance, he reveals himself to both parties. Listen, let me go here with this. One day we were at home and the spirit of the Lord walked in. It was I don't know what time it was, but it was a powerful presence in the room. And in that moment, in that instance, uh, both of us felt and knew that the spirit of God was in the room. And I laid there and pretended for a moment that I did not, uh, you know, I wasn't saying anything because it was so frightening. It was so powerful. But as we talked about it, God takes that union that oneness and he works with that. Those that are married, understand this. When you pray together, when you worship together, when you stay as one and you do not allow anyone to come in between you, when you do, don't even allow air, because Lucifer is the prince of the air. Don't even allow air to come between you. There is something special that happens even in the marriage of those that are committed one to another, oh, bless your Lord God, that don't know Christ. Don't know Christ the way that you might know him. But because of the principle that has been set into effect and unleashed in, in holy matrimony, then, now listen, let me say this here. Let me say this since I'm touching on this. Holy matrimony doesn't mean being unevenly yoked. When two people that are not in church marry, they are yet in holy matrimony because they took vows 
before the Lord. If your vow was before uh, King Neptune, then we're not talking about you. We're not talking about that vow. I'm talking about the vows that was made before God. There is a difference. So the Bible tell us in uh, the 16th verse, we're still in 1 Corinthians talking about uh, Ezekiel, the 23rd chapter. Uh, know ye not that uh, he which is joined to a harlot is one body. To one said he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And that's what we're striving for is to be one with God. He says, flee, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sins against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Remember, you have the Holy Ghost. You have the spirit of God. You have the word of God within you. You are a container of good things because you have been enlightened by the word of God. The word of God is dwelling in he that if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will and it shall be given. And so the word of God, you are a container, a holy vessel unto the Lord, a tabernacle unto the Lord, a witness unto the Lord. And so know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Aholabah forgot. She didn't think about it. Israel forgot and didn't think about it that you or that they were not their own, that they belonged to God. So, uh, and, you know, I can hear God and, and saying, hey, Hey, what are you doing? You know, like any other man, any other woman that walks in. Uh, hey, what are you doing? Did you slip? Did you bump your head? Uh, did you lose your mind? You done brought somebody in into my home, you know, and, and y'all turning sheets in, in my bed. Did you bump your? What's wrong with you? Hey, what are you doing? Why are you lying? They tried to hide it. And when you try to hide something, you're lying. You're lying. Mm -hmm. That's a demonstration of a lie. You're trying to hide the fact of something because you want to bring about deceit. You don't want them to know you're slipping in the darkness. And, and, and let me tell you, that slippery slope is terrible. So, you know, uh, when you read about it, you hear about it. You know, I, I was reading an article. I didn't read all of it because just the, the fact that it, what it was talking about, uh, I'm so against it and don't want to ever be engaged in that. And, you know, you better make up in your own mind. Job said, Job married with children, seeking the Lord, said, I made a promise with my eyes. I made a covenant unto myself that I'm not going to look upon another damsel. I'm not going to look at another woman. I have my Beyonce is at home. I'm going home to my Beyonce. I'm going home to uh, to whatever female that I think of that, you know, is very attractive. Uh, I, I'm going home. Mine is already at home. I don't need no one else's. That's yours. And whatever came with it, the package, the baggage, whatever came with it, that belongs to you. Mine is at home. Yours is at home. We're committed. We should be committed. Never insult anybody by making them feel less than who they are, because you would never like that being done to you. And that's how they were treating God. That's how they were treating him or mistreating him. Bless your Lord. What are you doing? A house is a home. Remember, her name means tent, tabernacle or a tent, my dwelling, my home. You know, it's mine. What are you doing with my home? A home is considered to be a safe haven, a place you can run to and be safe. 
Some homes are very comfortable. Clothes and toys everywhere. Otherwise, a, a clean home uh, to them, that is a child-friendly home. You know, when there's toys on the floor and, you know, you step on them sometime and, you know, there's clothes on the sofa and different things, uh, you know, uh, other than that, the home is clean. That is a child-friendly home. Then there's the starched home, you know, where everything is in its place. Everything has a place where you move something, uh, you know, it's noticed immediately that it was moved a centimeter. you know, it's moved partially out of the way. That's what you call an adult-friendly home. You know, both homes are safety zones, both type of homes are happy homes as long as the spirit of Aholabah, and I'm going to include this, this individual that I thought of, um, and that is you have Aholabah and you have Aholababa, you know, and, and so that's the brother. Now, the Bible didn't say that. That's me saying that, you know, and Aholababa, as long as Aholababa and Aholababa is left outside, you know, don't allow them to come in. Spirits are catching. Don't allow them to in your home. Don't dwell with them. Don't mess with them because they messy. They nasty. They doing stuff that they should not. They whores. And so you don't need that. Remember, as long as the water remains outside the boat, the ship will not sink. As long as the water is in its place outside, the water does not belong inside the boat. It has to stay outside the boat then the probability of sinking is very slim. As long as you don't punch holes from the inside, don't, don't run into something that's on the outside. When, when God, who is the captain, uh, is navigating and he says, turn right, you turn right. When he says, turn here, you turn in. When he says, keep straight, you keep straight. And you'll miss the iceberg. You'll miss the, the shallow water. You won't run ashore because you're following what the captain says. Know ye not that your body, you need to point to yourself and say, my body, my body belongs to God. Now, we don't just say that. We don't just claim that because it sounds good. We're not uh, uh, just uh, uh, saying it because it's pretty, you know, making a, a this is a deck. This is decorating me by saying it. No, it, it, we're making pretty much is actually we're fitting when we come into the place where we are. We are contouring, we are transforming the way we think. We are uh, taking our minds, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are fitting into the place and applying the word of God because we are the bride of Christ. We are positioning and getting ourselves ready to fit into the proper garment. We're getting ourselves ready so that when, when, when the bridegroom come, that we're able to fit into the garment that God has, that cloak of righteousness. We're able to put on the shoes that God has prepared for us. Our head will be able, the crown will fit our head that God has prepared for us. This area of relationship deals with both natural and spiritual and must be clearly understood. Sex is not just physical. It is spiritual as well. The Bible says that he or and she is joined to a harlot is one body. For the two, he said, shall be one flesh. 
So the party that you join yourself with until they are cleansed, you, you, you get into a relationship with somebody, you know, and, and I'm a strong believer that you don't you don't dig into a person's past. It's not your business. God didn't create you for that. But listen, there is a process in which when you are in a relationship or going to a relationship, uh, you need to uh, both parties need to be cleansed. You need to be you need an emotional cleansing and mental cleansing. You don't jump out of one relationship into another relationship. Mm. You you were married. And so now you're not married and you get immediately go out and get into a relationship with someone else that that didn't allow any time for any cleansing. And if you meet somebody that's interested in you, they need to, if they are respectful of you and of themselves, they will wait and allow you to go through the process that you need to go through. Now, if you meet somebody and they know you're going through a process of cleansing, uh, you're going through a process of getting yourself mentally and emotionally established, they can't wait. They're immediately themselves going to run out and grab somebody else because they have emotional and mental issues that have not been dealt with. It takes time. You don't jump from one relationship and you've been in a relationship for a year, or a couple of years, and you immediately jump out and run and jump with somebody else. There is unresolved issues going on with you. There's unresolved issues that need to be taken care of. Listen, so the party you join yourself to until they are cleansed of all the other spirits that they were exposed to. The plethora of unknown spirits, things that you don't know. If you have the spirit of discernment, you know, I hear people say they know what spirit someone is of. They, you don't even know what spirit your own self is of until you spend time with God. And you'll find out a lot about yourself. First of all, if you have the spirit of discernment, if you understand God's spirit, you'll be in God's presence to understand more about you, to be right. The spirit of discernment. We're not going to talk about that tonight. But listen. The plethora of unknown spirits. It doesn't matter if they claim to be straight. A person tell you I'm straight, you know, I'm, I'm not ACDC, I'm straight, you know, male or female or LGBT, LGBTQ, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer or questioning. That's what the definition said. And I had to put there confused. If you're questioning of what you are, you're confused. And so whatever, whatever, however, with whomever they had sex with, they became attached. They became one spirit. There are something is attached to them. Something is attached to them because they were attached to someone else. And so therefore, there is a cleansing that needs to be done. You do require God to do the cleansing. The Bible said, wherewith shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed to the word of God. If you're not taking heed to the word of God, no, you are not cleansing. You are not going through a cleansing process. Now, there is a unit. There are universal laws that, that helps us in this process. There are things that there is the written word of God that has established a universal principle that is when it's applied correctly. It, yes, mm -hmm, it places you in a position of righteousness. Now, righteousness is not salvation. It just means you're doing things a right way. You pay your bills on time. That's right. God bless you. Thank you. Uh, that's righteousness. Okay, but that's not salvation. God intended his intended purpose was for a man or a woman to only crave 
their spouse. I'm running out of time here, but it's the only crave their spouse. Craving outside of holy matrimony kill, steals, and destroys. Does that sound familiar? Craving outside of holy matrimony kills, steals, and destroys. Hmm. He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit, and he remain as one until he begin to act like a holabah or a holababa. She saw men portrayed on the wall, figured figures of Chaldeans portrayed in red with belts around their waist and flowing turbans as uh, among, uh, uh, on the head. And all of them looked like Babylonian chariot officers and native of Chaldea. Uh, as soon as she saw them, she lusted after them and sent messengers to them in Chaldea. Eye candy. You know, eye candy is some sticky stuff, just like regular candy. You know, I was looking at, there was three parameters talking about uh, candy. Stickability. <laughs> How long the candy sticks to your tooth uh, if no rinsing or brushing is done. And then there is washability. How easy it is to get washed out uh, on rinsing. And then brushability. How easy it comes out when brushed. But then I remember, after reading that, I thought about it for a moment, and I remembered the experience of getting gum in my hair. If you ever experienced falling asleep or, you know, with some gum in your mouth and that gum somehow got into your hair, you know it is a terrible situation. Get gum in your hair, on your face, in your eyebrows, on your eyelashes, you know, and, uh, you know, it's bad. It has to be cut. Matter of fact, uh, you get gum in your hair, you, uh, you're going to wind up getting pretty much all of your hair cut off to get that gum out. Neither Halaba or Halababas took the time to remove the gum and they got all in their hair. They got all messed up chewing, wanting to be like everybody else, wanting to blow bubbles like everybody, wanting to show off like everybody else wanting to do things that God, that should have only been done with God. That's where we make a mistake at. Uh, people will go the excessive route to make, to do something with someone else. When if you want to have, do, you should do the same thing with the one that you with. They refuse to flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. Self-injury, also called self-harm, self-mutilation, or simply cutting, is defined as any intentional injury to one's own body. Usually self-injury leaves marks or causes tissue damage. Self-injury can involve any of the following behaviors, cutting, burning, or branding with hot objects. You know, this is not limited to the physical. It also includes spiritual uh, uh, self-harm, injury, mutilation. First uh, Timothy 4, 1 through 3 says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, in the latter times, we're living in some in the latter times in which Paul spoke about. In the latter times, uh, some, 
some that you see, some that you know, some you've already seen, uh, shall depart from the faith. Uh, they depart from the faith. They depart from what the word of God says. They will tell you it doesn't take all of that. Uh, maybe it was their uh, new boyfriend, their new girlfriend, or, you know, that they meet uh, outside the will of God uh, that tells them anytime someone directs you and gives you instructions that is contrary to the will of God, they are not. They are an, an opponent. They are in opposition to what God is saying. and You are not going to convert them. Uh, God, the Bible said the goodness of God leads us to repentance. And so uh, it's the goodness of God that brings about conversion in a person's life. And you cannot be outside the will of God with a person. And so listen, listen to what the Bible is saying. They depart from the faith and they give heed to seducing spirits. They give heed to doctrine of devils. They give heed to those things that are speaking lies and hypocrisy and their conscience eventually becomes seared with a hot iron. How do you know when your mind, when you have been seared with a hot iron? How do you know? How do you know what's actually going on with you? Many claim that they know, but if you really don't know, uh, that's the position and the reason uh, that God has established gifts among men. He laid captivity captive and he gave gifts unto men, some apostles, some prophets, teachers, evangelists, uh, for the perfecting of the saints. And when you talk about dealing with perfection, you have to deal with the imperfections. You have to deal with those things. And ministers, let me, let me say this as we come to a close on this, is that uh, when God deals with, uh, with give you a subject matter, when God is presenting his word for you to present to the congregation to, to deal with, it starts with you. It doesn't super, we don't supersede the word of God. It starts with us. We're the one that received the word first. And so we're first partakers, you know, as the farmer, the husband man of the land, we are partakers, the first partakers of the fruit in which we are laboring in. Bless you, Jesus. We're partakers of the fruit. It comes to us first. And as it comes to us, we must yield ourselves not to be like a whole ministers, evangelists, ladies, pastors. We can't be like whole and we can't be like whole we got to yield ourselves unto the Lord and be examples because like people, like priests, like priests, hey, the people are going to follow what they see. Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God and not of yourselves, for you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body, which is God's spirit. God bless you. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church. And thank God for you. Want to, I pray that something has been said that is a blessing unto you and draw you closer. It helps strengthen your walk as we journey uh, this land, which is pilgrims passing through, you know, and enjoy the Lord as we travel uh, on the road of holiness. We'll be back again on Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to present the word of God. If you're in the Pomona area, the Southern California area, 
stop in and visit us. Give us a wave. If you're looking for a church home, we'd love to have you. God bless you. Hope to see you soon.